Son is His Spirit is within us. And it starts out in the very beginning of the Bible talking about His Spirit. And I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. And about how His Spirit covered the waters. God's Spirit and His Spirit is in us. And that night that He left, He said that I have to go so I can send somebody back for you. And Jesus didn't leave right away. Jesus was crucified. He died, but He was not done on the earth yet. First thing He had to do is He went into hell. And He went into hell, and again, like I said before, I think when He went into hell, He was preaching to those people in hell. Look at what you missed out on. And then He took the keys of death. And he said, bam, I've got the keys, they're mine now. And he was resurrected. And 40 days later, he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And the cool thing about that is when he was resurrected, he was not resurrected as a spirit. Because the first thing that he said when he was with his disciples was, give me something to eat. I'm hungry. Spirits I know about, they don't eat. There's nothing to eat. And that's why God, that's why Jesus said, I want to eat. I want to prove to you that I've actually been resurrected from the dead. And He was. And out of all the prophets and all of the gods that have been around, you realize that Jesus is the only one they never found his bones? Amen. They found Buddha's bones. They found all these other people's bones, meaning that they were human. They lived human lives. They died human lives. They were buried. They weren't resurrected. Jesus was, and not only that, he ascended into heaven as a man, which had to have been an incredible sight, but... That's what had to happen for him to prove that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. So I want us to remember that whenever we commune together, whenever we spend time together. And that night when Jesus took the bread and he blessed it, he was talking to his father. And he asked him to bless it and he broke the bread. And he offered to it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my mother for you to do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the wine. He knew his blood was going to be shed, and we know the stories, but the disciples didn't. Those of you that have been meeting with us Friday nights, you hear the disciples going, what are we doing? Where are we going to be five years from now? Where are we going to be three years from now? But Jesus knew that he was going to shed his blood and that his blood needed to be shed for our sins. Once and forever. Because it was man that gave us the eternal sin and it had to be a man that corrected that Jesus. So he took the blood, he took the wine and when he had blessed it, he offered it to him. He said, take, drink. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you and for your sins. 
have to keep the lights on. There's things that we have to pay for here at the church. And as you have probably seen in your own things that come to your door, just like here at the church, some of our expenses have almost doubled. But we knew that that was going to happen. God had given us an inkling before this. Because I remember I was talking to uh, one of the ladies about getting on level pay because I saw things coming. And she said that for Iowa, they predicted things were going to go up. Natural gas was going to go up 57%. And actually, the church was doubled. The gas since we started here, the church was doubled. Hopefully, I don't look worried because I'm not. Because God takes care of us. But your offerings help. And the funny thing is, is the bills go up, but a lot of times our paychecks go you know, and it's like, why doesn't everything go up at the same rate? Maybe it's because God wants us to have faith. Maybe He wants us to have faith in Him, not in the checkbook, not in the dollar, and not in our jobs, but to keep serving Him. Like what Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And that's what we're doing here at the church is we're serving and everything else will come together. Even the people that are online, they can also give through Venmo at Martinwood Christian Church. I want to thank everybody for the help that they have given to the church and the continued help that we get from everyone. Even the things that get sent to us from out of state and people that we may not even know. So, I'm going to throw a what if this way. These are, you know, I saw this and I was kind of like, oh boy, I got to do it though. What if we began to treat our Bibles in the way that we treat our cell phones? What if we carried it with us everywhere? What if we turned back to get it? If we forget it, forgot it. What if we check for messages throughout the day? In our Bible? What if we used it in case of emergencies? What if we spend an hour or more each day using it? What would our lives look like if we did that? So I wanted to share that what if with you. I saw it last night and I'm like, that's perfect, especially with everything that's going on nowadays. You know, the Bible is the sword of the Spirit. It's the offensive weapon against anything we have come against us in life. And as you know, this month is Love Month. And so, one of the things we're going to do, and we're going to fulfill this one today, we are going to create to-go bags for taking it to the streets, people, that will be here on the 26th of this month. I appreciate everybody who pitches in with those. This is going to be great. So, also being love month, how about love thyself as I have loved you? This is our second in a series, and as you know, this is one of my favorite topics. This is talking about love, especially when it has to do with love for our God. And you know, one of the things that I think about when I, when I read the commandment, love your neighbors as yourself, I see some people and I go, I don't want that person's love. Because that is an angry, mad, 
upset person. But God said, love thyself as I have loved you. How can you love your neighbor if you don't first love yourself? We've been talking about the greatest thing in the world. Like all of the apostles talked about it. They talked about love and how great love is. And how great our God's love is for us. And you've seen this almost every week. 1 Corinthians 13.13. Pretty soon you're going to be able to recite it. Because the greatest thing in the world, even more so than faith and hope, is love. That's the greatest thing. That's the summum bonum. That's the thing that people search for. They keep searching for the greatest thing in the world, and it's right in front of them. But part of love is being obedient. It's being obedient, and it's hard to talk about love without talking about obedience. Obedience to our Lord. And obedience to the Word that He's given us. And as our relationship with our Lord and as the love for our Lord grows, so will our obedience to Him. It's kind of like when we get married. I love you. That's great. But once you start finding out what that person likes, you start finding out the things that they care about, you start being obedient to those things, even if it's a friend. Wow! I know that they like um, crystal eagles. Wow, I'm going to start taking them these little presents and these little gifts. Because I know that they care about those. And that's what happens with our Lord. The better our relationship with Him, and I see that in people, the more time they spend in His Word. And we know what obedience is to Him because He talks about it in His Word. God is the Word. That's how we find out what He wants us to do, is we spend time in Scriptures. And the better that our relationship is with our Lord, the more we'll want to do for Him. And the thing is, is by doing this, we learn more to love ourselves in the process. We figure out how to love ourselves. But where does all that start? Where does loving thyself actually start? First place it's got to start is it has to start with you. It starts in the beginning. It starts with the Word, the Word of God. First off, let's take a look at the book of John. The very first verse, the very first chapter, the very first word, the very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And it's the Word that you use to find out how to be obedient to God. You learn how to love God, and through that you learn how to love yourself. Because I found a lot of people that are not necessarily in the Word seem to love themselves the least. Or they're arrogant, one of the two. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He's talking about Jesus. 
He's talking to us about where Jesus came from. He's telling us ahead of time that the Word became flesh. Then he goes on to tell us how powerful God is. Because what he says is, through him all things were made. Take a look in the mirror. That means that God made you. Because through him all things were made. Not some things, not the easy things. Everything was made because without him nothing was made that has been made. You are part of the things that he put together and the reason he did that is because he loves you so much. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And if He created you, He created the light of all mankind inside of you also. Yes, we're talking about Jesus, but one of the things that Jesus said was is that you can do what I did even more. So why can't you be the light of mankind also? The light shines in the darkness. When your light shines, the darkness cannot overcome that light. But some people get beat down. That light seems to grow dimmer and dimmer. And is the light really growing dimmer or is the darkness starting to take over? Because through the Word, through what you learn in the Bible... You find your strength. You find your sword of the Spirit. You find how to fight those things and continue being the light that shines in the darkness. And I tell you what, there's a lot of darkness right now, but there's a lot of light coming through, and everybody needs to choose which, what, where they're going to be and if they're going to be the light. I saw what was going on in Canada today. When people went to get arrested... Everybody went arm in arm. There has not been one bird building. There has not been one person hurt. Everybody went arm in arm and they said, they started singing, lean on me. The light in the darkness. That's what they've chosen to be. And the darkness isn't going to overcome it. Then, if we drop down to... Um, John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh. We know what that is. That was when Jesus came. And He made His dwelling upon us because He needed to find out what we were up against. He found out what was happening with us. All of those things that come against us so He could understand it. And we... John says, and when John writes things, one of the things that John says is that he saw this thing so we could be a witness to what happened. And we are still witnesses because we have seen his glory. We've seen it in so many different things. Plant a seed and watch what happens. It doesn't just come up naturally. It comes up because God makes it grow. The old has to be shut away. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. I see it in every one of you. I see it in the things you do. 
I see it every time you show up, the conversations that you have. I see that light come through. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is where we start with our relationship with God. It has to start with His Word. It has to start with the Bible. Because in the beginning was the Word. One other thing that was in the beginning. So let's jump back to the very first page of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the earth. But... The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So if God created everything, and everything that was made, He created, His Spirit is within us. His Spirit resides in us. It always did in creation. The really cool thing about the next sentence, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. That was the third verse. Do you realize it's not until the 16th verse that God created the sun and the moon and the stars? But God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know why He did that? Because He wanted us to know that He is the source of the light. That light comes from Him. It doesn't come from the sun or the moon or the stars. That's why it was 13 verses later before He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. This is how powerful He is and His Spirit dwells within us. So God's Spirit could have superseded the Word because the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That same Spirit that said, let there be light, is the Spirit that's inside of you. So my question to you is, what are you doing with that Spirit? What do you do with that Spirit that God gave you? You're going to spend eternity with this Spirit. We're going to come, we're going to go, just like Jesus did, and we're going to die. So, between now and then, let's spend some time building that relationship between us and God. Because the better relationship that you have with God, the more obedient you want to be to His Word. Because according to John, the Word was the beginning. That is where everything started, was with the Word. The Word came to show us not only the way to love others, but also how to love ourselves. To not have anxiety, to not have fear, to not have depression. Or when these things give, come against us, give us a place to go for relief. We go to Him. We go to His Word. And the cool thing is, is that the love that you have for yourself and for your God will show through to other people. 
It's like the Bible verse says, love your neighbor as yourself. In Galatians, it says the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. The entire law, everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because when you love other people, you learn how to love yourself more. Jesus didn't come to make the law. He came to fulfill the law. It was Moses who brought us the law. Jesus came through grace and truth. Remember the tablets? That was the law. Ten Commandments. Jesus tells us exactly what to do. He not only tells us in his preachings, but he also tells us, told us in his actions. And the things that he did and the things that he continues to do today. If you want to fulfill the entire law according to what Jesus said, love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Not go around just loving yourself. Because love isn't love until you give it, give it away. Remember, it's what Oscar Hammerstein II said. You've got to love other people. You've got to give that love away. And the thing that I found is the more love that you give away, the more love that you have. That same spirit that was hovering over the waters in the beginning is the one that's inside of you. But are you living the way and by the Word of God? Do you love yourself as much as Jesus loved us? That's a tough one. I fight with that all the time. Am I really loving myself that much? As much as Jesus loved me, but guess what? If I don't, it gives me something to work for. Because some people just kind of blow it off. Oh, I hate myself. Oh, the world is so bad. Oh, the world's coming against me. Yeah, but do you love yourself? Do you care about yourself? And if you don't, maybe you need to spend some time with some other people. Go love some other people. The only way to really know if you love yourself as much as Jesus says, the only way to understand how to love and how to love the way that Jesus loved us is to spend time in the Word. It's pretty basic. Spend time with the Lord. And you'll find out how to love yourself. John put it eloquently, and you've seen this before. John chapter 13. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is how you develop love for yourself, by loving others. By loving others, you'll see how much love means to them. And then you'll find out how to love yourself. Do the things that make you feel good also. So Christ's light shines through you for others to see. Be obedient to what God asks you to do. It's all right there in the Bible. 
then when someone or something comes against you, you'll know. You'll know what to do. Through your love, you're doing God's work and you're doing the right thing. You know, one thing I found with life is there are things in life that you have to do and sometimes people will come against you. Things are going to come against you. But when you're obedient and you have a deep devotional love for your Father, you have love for others and you have plenty of love for yourself. It all starts in the beginning. So I have an assignment for you this week. What? I miss this one. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Look for the good in others. Look for ways to love them. Because for me, it's really easy to find ways not to love people. Oh, I don't love them because they drive a car that smokes. Oh, I don't love them because they're wearing the wrong clothes. Or maybe they just came out of the street. Or maybe they just got off of work and they're a mechanic. They didn't have time to wash up. Well, you know, you probably should have washed up before you came over here. Find the good in others. Don't seek your own good. Seek the good in others. Okay, now I have an assignment for you. Here it comes. This week, what I want you to do is I want you to write down five things that you love about yourself. What do you want? Some people can't do that. Some people can't even pick one thing they love about themselves. But the thing is, these are the things that God loves for you too. You write down those five things and you can look at them and you say, God loves me because of these five things. But you've got to know how to, you've got to be able to love yourself for those first. Cherish those thoughts, relish them, and realize how much you actually love yourself. Because that will show through to others. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm talking about love in the overflow that you can share with other people. So many people, they just need one little drop of love. One little caring. Somebody to reach out to them. Maybe somebody to walk them out of a fire. You love, can you love someone enough to do that? Jesus did. And the cool thing is by doing this, you're going to spread the gospel because people are going to see what you have. And then they're going to want it. It's not they're going to want you because you've got the million dollar mansion or you drive the Mercedes Benz. I mean, we're a long way from that. But love you for that peace that passes all understanding and the love that you have. By doing these things, you're going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and live a fuller, more abundant life. Because that's what God has promised us. Reach out and share that love you have with others, not just in here. Believe me, I love it. I mean, come on, guys, keep loving me. And we all want that. But those guys out there need it too. They need that same love. Matthew 28 didn't tell us to make disciples of the people we sit next to in church. Matthew 28 says, go and make disciples of all nations. 
everybody outside of these walls. Just love them. Oh, and don't forget, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples. That's what Jesus told us. They will know that you are his disciples if you have love for one another. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us here today and showing us how your word tells us how much we should love ourselves too. When we love you and have a relationship with you, we find how to love ourselves. We ask that you forgive us any sins we knowingly or unknowingly have committed. Help us break through those chains holding us back from loving you, from loving our neighbors as ourselves. And help us break those chains that are holding us back from loving ourselves too. Help us, help get us to that place of love, a place we can love others, so they too will have hope, happiness, and a purpose in life. Your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to the Lord. If this is the time which there's no time like the present, just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you say this simple prayer, we believe that you've been born again. Stay tuned in right here or get into a Bible-based church. We love you. We care about you. And we can't wait to see you again next time.